Great to be back, and uh, what a great day. What an awesome day to be a Canadian. What a heritage we have. I love our nation. We don't talk enough about those men and women who have given their lives. Our American friends have a great patriotism, and their patriotism is bound by their military involvement. And obviously, we've not had as much of that, but when we've gone, uh, we've had a great representation of, as we've seen today. Uh, my dad said when I was a kid, son, don't ever start a fight, but never back down from one either. And that, if you think about it, that's really Canada's stance. We've never forced a war, but we've been involved in those when they're started so that we can help and finish for the right cause. Some think it's just peacekeepers, and our military would be deeply offended at that. They're war uh, personnel, they're men of war, women of war, and uh, uh, some would think us as a uh, country passive, we're a passive people. Uh, obviously, uh, they don't know who we are, and they've never been to a hockey game, amen? We're not a passive people. Uh, we're kind people, we're a generous people, but I wouldn't say we're necessarily a passive people, and some would maybe even criticize and say that Canada is a weak nation. And those who think such things have no idea what they're talking about. They've never read a history book. The high points of Canadian military achievement during World War I came during the Somme, Vimy, and Passion Delay battles known as Canada's 100 Days. Canada's total casualties stood at 67,000 killed and 250,000 wounded out of a total force of just 620,000 people. On September 10, 1939, Canada declared war on Germany. By the war's end, over one million citizens would serve in military uniform when Canada only had a population of 11 million people people. Canada had the fourth largest air force, the third largest naval surface fleet in the world, and 41% of Canadian men, 18 to 45, served in the military. Over the course of World War II, 1.1 million Canadians served, more than 45,000 lost their lives, and another 54,000 were wounded. The financial cost to the country of Canada, a small nation, was $21 billion. The Canadian Merchant Navy completed over 25,000 voyages across the Atlantic, and on D-Day, June 6, 1944, Juneau Beach was taken by the 3rd Canadian Infantry Division. My grandfather was on the boat, ready to land, and he got pneumonia, and they kept him on board. My grandpa went overseas, a good man, a hardworking man, loved his family, but he came back a drunkard. They gave him alcohol to give him courage to go into the battle, and it ruined him. I never really knew him. I lost him. I say I lost him in the war, but he went, one of the first to sign up in our county, a man of great strength and pride. Those were hills that were worth dying on. For the freedom of home or the homes of the innocent, can I say don't believe they died for this Canada, though? I don't think those who've gone and passed thought that this Canada will be this Canada in this day. I have to tell you, I'm a proud Canadian today. I love our country. I promote it everywhere I go. I wear that Captain Canada jacket. It's become quite a thing, and, and people love it, especially in Canada. I'll wear it sometimes in parades. People have me do that, or I'll wear it to the parliament buildings. And people love to see that show of pride, but I have to tell you that the Canada that we live in now is not the Canada that I grew up in as a kid. We've seen some things change, haven't we? And not for the better. I want to tell you today, I believe there's a bright future for Canada. I believe that we've got some great days ahead, but some changes are going to have to be made. And there's going to have to be some battles bought, or fought, I should say. And we're going to have to ask ourselves, are there some hills that are worth dying on? 
Our text sheds a light on a battle that was not a hill worth dying on for the wicked, but it was a great one for the godly. Would you look at 2 Kings this morning, chapter 1? While you're turning there, 2 Kings 1, I'll give you a little bit of the backstory for time's sake. Uh, Ahaziah uh, was king in Samaria, and he fell through a lattice in his upper chamber, and he was crippled and in bed, and he sent his men to go to require the god of Beelzebub of Ekron. Beelzebub, we know, is a name for Satan. It's demonic. He's going as a leadership, the nation of Israel, and he's requiring of the devil whether or not he's going to recuperate from this thing. Imagine having a government who seeks the devil for its advice. Imagine a government where the prime minister would say, if you have any kind of religious affiliation, I really don't want you in my government. Imagine a prime minister would say, if you believe in the right to life, you will not hold a cabinet position in my government. That's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. That's a true story. That's who he is. That's a man who promotes the transgender movement. That's a man who's having drag queens go into our schools and tell kids about their life and how awesome it is. It's a man who went on TV on that, on that show uh, where men dress up as women and prounce around and said, we need more of this in Canada. My friends, I believe we're seeing a picture of our prime minister today in this story. I'm not here to give a political speech today and I'm not here to try to persuade you. But I have to say this, if you know right, you better vote. If you want to see a right Canada, you better vote, and you better vote for God's man. You better vote for the man who's going to lead our nation in a direction back to the things of God. I believe our forefathers who died, died for a country where God does keep our land. Amen? I think they died for a family of a man and a woman and children who could freely come and worship, who could come and declare the word of God, who, who could get on television and declare the things of God without any fear of reprise. They fought for freedom, and we're seeing many of our freedoms taken from us today, sadly, especially in the religious realm. We pick up the story. uh, We see that he sends and uh, asks these men to ask Beelzebub, the devil, what's going to happen to me. And while they're traveling, uh, they are met by a a, a prophet, a prophet who is moved by the angel of the Lord to meet them and give them a, a, a statement to take back to the king. They go back to the king and they describe the man and they said he was a hairy man and he had a leather belt and the king recognizes and says, oh, that's Elijah the Tishbite. He's a thorn in my flesh. He's that preacher that keeps preaching all the time, wants us to go back to the things of God and doesn't want me to have my freedom and doesn't want me to be able to influence this country in the, in the evil ways of sin and wickedness. That Tishbite, that, that Elijah. You know, there's some politicians that don't like preachers. You know that? I got to tell you, there's some preachers that don't like politicians either. I'll tell you, this man of God was standing and declaring for Israel the truth. And there were some that did not like it, and there are some in our country today that don't like the truth of God's holy word. And there seems to be a rising, there seems to be an increase of those who want to silence us. You can't go to work anymore and talk about the things of God, or you're going to HR, and, and you have to use the pronouns, or you're going to HR, and you have to accept this lifestyle, or you're going to HR, and you could lose your job. I'm telling you, I think we're getting close to where maybe some of us are going to have to start losing our jobs. Pay a cost. These men that we saw today and the songs that we sang today and the time that we took today remember people who paid a cost for us to have a freedom, for us to have the ability to be able to do what we're doing. And many of us have kind of shirked away from that. Some of us have kind of cowered away from that a little bit. It's time that we stand. It's time that we preach. It's time that we declare unashamedly. 
We pick up the story in verse 9 of 2 Kings chapter 1. It says, Then the king sent unto him a captain of 50 with his 50, and he went up to him. Behold, he sat at the top of the hill and spake unto him, Thou man of God, the king has said, Come down. And Elijah answered and said to the captain of 50, If I be a man of God, then let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy 50. And there came down fire from heaven and consumed him with his 50. Man, wouldn't you like to be that preacher? Ooh. Oh, man, if I be a man of God, God, send down fire. Poof. He's a man of God. He's a man of God. Let's go on. Verse 11, again, also he sent unto him another captain of 50 with his 50. And he answered and said unto him, O man of God, thus hath the king said, come down, watch now, quickly. And Elijah answered and said unto them, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume thee and thy 50. And the fire came down from heaven and consumed him and his 50. And he sent again a captain of the third 50 with his 50. And the third captain of 50 went up and came and fell on his knees before Elijah and beside him and said unto him, O man of God, I pray thee, let my life and the life of these 50 servants be precious in thy sight. Behold, there came fire down from heaven and burn up the two captains of the former 50s with their 50s. Therefore, let my life now be precious in thy sight. And the angel of the Lord said unto Elijah, Go down with him. Be not afraid of him. And he arose and went down with him unto the king. And he said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, For as much as thou hast sent messengers to inquire of Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, it is, not beca- is it not because there is no god in Israel to inquire of his word? Therefore thou shalt not come down off that bed on which thou art gone up, but shall surely die. Here was the problem. Elijah said, why are you going to Beelzebub? Why are you going to the devil? Isn't there a God in Israel that you could, could inquire of? Isn't there a God who loves us? Isn't there a God who watches over us? Why would you go to the devil? Why would you go to the world? Why would you go to the satanic when we have an almighty God who knows all things and is powerful? And that's the question I'm asking of our nation today. Why aren't we running to God and saying, oh God, our nation's in trouble. Oh God, our children are facing a future of, of great, uh, 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 great uh, confusion. When I was a kid, and listen, growing up here, I drove by the Carillon Tower this morning. My old friend Mark Corn, some of you know his name, I haven't seen him for a long time. Mark and I reconnected uh, just a few years ago, and we've been texting back and forth almost every day, and he sent me a picture of the Bud's department store down at Norfolk and... Um, what uh, Norfolk and, is it Norfolk? And I, I've been here, no, gone line of Norfolk and what is the cross street? Robinson, thank you, Robinson Street. And so he sent me a picture of Buzz. He used to work there when he was a kid. And I, I drove by last night and I took a picture of Clarence's Clearance Center. And I sent it to him. He goes, that's not right. That's not right. I said, I know things change. I was driving back from my dad's this morning. I took a picture of the Carillon Tower. He goes, oh man, I remember as a kid standing out there in those cold November days. We'd sing, we'd sing, oh Canada, God save the queen. And we'd recite uh, in Flanders fields, the poppies grow between the crosses row on row. And we'd watch as people laid wreath after wreath after wreath. And we'd go to our schools and we'd have Mrs. Snively come in and she would teach us Bible stories and studies from the word of God in the classroom and we'd go home and we would play till 
all hours of the day and night and the street lights would come on and we all have to go home when the street lights came on and we'd go home to a mom and dad who loved us and we went home to a, a place where we felt safe and comfortable and we knew that my dad was a man and my mom was a woman, my sister was a girl and I was a boy and we were gonna grow up and we were gonna have a family one day and we would do the same thing in a great nation where we could stand and sing the national anthem with pride, God keep our land. There weren't people trying to take God out of our anthem. There were people putting God in our anthem. That was a great day and it was just a few days ago. And I'm saying today, listen, as a prophet of a man of God, if I'm a man of God today, oh God, I want you to bring down fire today, but not to consume. I want you to bring down a fire today that would ignite us. We see three hills here, the, the men that came. We see, first of all, the hill of demand. In verse 9, the captain recognizes the man of God and then tells him, the king said, come down. Get off of that hill that you're on. He's probably in Mount Carmel area. I've been there, I've stood there, I've seen it. Come down. Imagine demanding the king, a man of God, come down. I want to talk to you. Elijah said, I'm not coming down. I'm going to stand and I'm going to declare there are some who are going to try and intimidate and, and, and they want to intimidate you and, and you knowing Christianity. There are some who are going to try and demand that you change to their will and whim and way to compromise, to conform, and to cower. This captain uh, chose to make that a hill to die on and it cost him his life and 50 men his life. Elijah chose to stand his ground for right. And what happened? God chose the truth. If it be our government that displays the ignorance that this did, if it's our government that defies Almighty God and dictates we remove his name as they just tried to do at the National Remembrance Day observance, the Prime Minister said we will not use the name God in the remembrance services. And after much feedback, much kickback, he finally, he finally gave in so they could say the name God. Are you kidding me? God keep our land? Don't you think every one of those men as they went into those foxholes thinking my life may go, this may be it, I may not see my children again, I have to think they might have said, oh God, help us. Oh God, strengthen us. They went because they knew a God. In those days they knew a God. They may not all worship that God, but they knew a God. Or maybe some that demand that we come down and join them in the acceptance of open and blatant sin. Might be a government that threatens again to close our churches or squelch our worship, as we've seen in the past. Let us choose that hill to stand on if they would say, come down now. On the second hill of defiance, it says in verse 11, look there with me, it says, and again also, he sent unto him another cabin of 50-50s, and he answered and sent unto him, O man of God, thus saith the king, come down quickly. I'm not just telling you to come down, Elijah, you get down here now flexing his political muscle. You come down here now, a man who's on his bed crippled. You come down here now, I want to see you. Elijah doesn't, doesn't fluster, doesn't get all excited, doesn't get worried. He says, if I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume. Comes down and consumes the 50 men and their captain, making a bold statement. Hill of defiance. Notice his captain adds that note of come quickly. The king, I'm sure, is enraged that Elijah not only had not obeyed, but had killed his messengers. But he didn't give in. Elijah chose that day to stand his ground on a hill they believed was right. There have been some who've said, obey us now or our family has been here long enough that we'll overthrow you. Obey us now, I give a lot of money to this church. Obey us now, there are many who believe like we do. And some cower and run, but many stand. I've had to stand in those battles. 
We've had to see God move in those battles. The last thing we see is the hill of desperation. That third, think about it, three now, and those first two went. This third guy, he's thinking about it. Boy, uh, two guys went and two guys died, and all of them got eat up by fire. I think this guy was a wise man. I think he was very prudent. He goes and he falls on his face before the man of God. He humbles himself and realizes this is somebody different. This is somebody who's serving a living God. This is somebody who has a voice of authority. I don't care what this thinks. I'd rather die at the hand of the king than die at the hand of this almighty God. My friends, I believe that our nation needs to see that kind of God in our lives. I think they need to see that we have a powerful God, a living God, a God of transformation, a God of help, a God of hope. He's on his knees. God spared them for their humility before God and God's man. I stood in that very same place of desperation 51 years ago. The hill was called Calvary, that hill that Jesus thought was worth dying on, that hill that I thought worth dying on, to self and surrender of soul. I knelt my knee there and begged on a holy God that he would give me my life. You're going to face some fights on hills, some worth dying on, and others a losing battle. Choose to stand on those hills that are preached by God and ordered by the Lord, the hills of sound doctrine and biblical separation and Baptist distinctive and national reverence of a holy God in his word. Those are hills worth dying on. Those that would choose to defy God and his holy word, his will and his way will not have a hill worth dying on. Canada. Oh, Canada. God, keep us glorious and free. But I'm telling you, the word glorious is feigning in my mind. That's only going to come back if we begin to stand and say, we're not bending. We're not bowing. We don't care if you say we'll burn. We're going to stand for the Canada that our forefathers fought for. We're going to stand for that land of freedom. We're going to stand for that place of pride that says we'll take all and we'll love them and we'll help them and we'll make them part of who we are and we'll give them a better life than they ever had. It sickens me when people come to this country and complain and gripe and talk about how they want to change our nation. Listen, if it was so good over there, why are you here? Canada. Let's love her today. Let's support her today. Let's uphold the good things today. And let's take a stand on a hill against those things that bring a change, that weaken who we are. Father, thank you for this day, for your goodness and blessings to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.